0: Oh, man. How are y'all this morning? Yeah, we get to come to church. Hey, if we haven't met, my name is Joe. I'm the student director here at the church, and I just want to say welcome if this is your first time. Or, hey, if you come every week, we are so glad you're here. If you're online, thanks for checking us out this morning. I hope that you are ready to just learn from God's Word. Thank you, Dylan, worship team. They did a great job preparing our hearts. Yeah, we can clap for them for sure. We have a tech team in the back. Those guys are awesome. Thank you for your time and your service. They actually um, asked me to announce that if you are techie in the room, they are having just a meeting right after this to kind of talk about, like, tech, techie stuff. Like, how do you do tech at church and to tell you about opportunities because, hey, none of this would not happen if they weren't there. So if you want to just hang out, ask questions, how can you get involved? What does it mean to serve on the tech team? That would be very awesome. So that's right after the service. Um, Yeah, Dylan will lead it up, give you all the info you need. So, hey, if you're here and this is your first time, we do have a connect card in the chair in front of you. If you're online, you'll see the information there. We would love for you to fill that out so we can connect with you, right? So if you have a prayer request or if you have a question about the church, we We don't want you to just walk in the building or just check us out online. Like, we want to connect with you, the staff, the elders, pray with you, meet needs, whatever it is. Like, we're here to serve you. So please fill out that card, and we would love to get back with you. Um, I just want to take two or three minutes and give you guys kind of a student ministry update. So as a student director, we have 6th grade through 12th grade. And, man, let me tell you, what God is doing is exciting. If you're a leader in the room, if you're a parent in the room, I know that you kind of feel that excitement too. We have been talking about the last song we just sang for months now. What does it mean to build your life on Jesus' foundation? Why should you do that? Why is that the best thing you could ever do? And what's so exciting is every week there are kids that come up and they go, light bulb, I have this figured out. And two weeks ago we had this young lady. She came up to me after the service and we were challenging students what does it look like to follow Jesus every day? Not to just be kind of like a fan on the sidelines who cheers for Jesus on Sundays and Wednesdays, but every day building the foundation. And she comes up to me and she goes, I kind of understand it now. Like, I'm supposed to do this every day. Like, follow Jesus every day. And I was like, yeah, you get it. And, like, it's so interesting because I shared that in the first service, and a mom came up to me and she goes, you know, we don't talk that much, but my son is saying the same thing when he comes home. He's telling me what you're learning. He's, we got these bracelets. What would Jesus do bracelets like? It's so exciting to see what God is doing, and you need to know that as the church. And I just want to ask you guys to pray for our student ministry. This summer, we have some incredible opportunities for our students. Our high schoolers are going to go to something called Passion Camp. Passion Camp is basically a couple thousand teenagers that are in a room all worshiping, all learning scripture, all diving in, all saying, I want to grow in my faith during this week. So I just want to encourage you guys to, to pray for that. Pray for the leaders that are going. And then the other thing that we have That is happening for the first time here is we are actually hosting a middle school camp on our campus. And I'm super excited about this because two years ago, two summers ago, we all know COVID-19 shut everything down and our summer camps shut down. There was no passion last year. There was no camps. And so some camps said, well, let's make an experience that people can do at home. Let's make an experience churches can do on their campus. And they did that again this year. So we're pretty much buying a camp experience and putting it on for our students, 6th grade to 8th grade. And, man, I just want to tell you guys about that because if you'd like to serve on that middle school team for the summer camp, we would love to have you. If you would love to just get involved in the student ministry, it is so important. Like, we are changing lives. God is changing lives through leaders that are here and I just want to give you guys an update and say thank you for supporting the student ministry whether it's giving money on Sundays, whether it's serving, then if you're a leader in the here, you're my favorite person in the world. Thank you. And I just want to pray for our service. Can we do that? Pray for the service and the message. Lord I pray um for what's going to happen next. I pray for kids' ministry that's happening now. I pray for the words that are about to be spoken from scripture. I pray, Jesus, that you would please just um, open our hearts and our minds to
1: understand in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, good morning, church. Joe uh, called me this morning, let me know what he was wearing, and um, so I decided to follow suit. Hey, I'm really glad you're here. This week and next week are two weeks throughout the year when we focus on what God is doing around the world through global outreach. Would you like to hear some good news? Every single day around the world, people estimate that 50,000 people become followers of Jesus around the world every single day. And when people begin to follow Jesus, God is at work and he calls them together into churches Because God's primary means of accomplishing his purposes in the world today is through the church. And so every single week, around 3,500 new churches are started around the world. Now, when I hear statistics like that, I say, thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus, for letting us be a small part in what you're doing around the world. That God is on the move. And people, the church is growing. The church is expanding. In 1965, it's estimated that there were approximately... 90 million evangelical Christians, that means a person who would self-identify as someone who believes the Bible and believes that in in order for a person to have eternal life, they need to come into a personal permanent relationship with Jesus Christ. 90 million Christians, evangelical Christians, about 4% of the world in 1965. That was just a few years before I was born. But today, 680 million evangelical Christians around the world, making up around 9% of the world's population. Jesus Christ is on the move. He's building his church. The church is growing. The church is expanding. Don't be discouraged. Don't be downhearted. Instead, be expectant and hopeful that what God is doing around the world, he can do here. In St. John's County, he really can. Do you believe that? Oh, I want you to, with all of your heart, to believe that Jesus Christ can bring us into the harvest. I want to show you a video of one of our churches in India that was recently dedicated. Check this out. Uh, you can see the
2: uh, food is being served here. Uh, This girl is having a a great time. Look at the pork and the beef. And there uh, they're uh, serving rice. Uh, And then uh, uh, there they're serving the uh, porridge, uh, beef porridge. And there they're serving pork. So this is how uh, the villagers are celebrating the new uh, church here at uh, Hyeongdong Village. Uh, You can see them here. It's really uh, a great time for them. Uh, they praise the Lord. They thank the Lord. They thank uh, all those who have helped us uh, at uh, from uh, uh, from uh, uh, Good News Church. Thank you, Good News Church, for this this, this new building. Uh, not a lot of new believers are coming here. Uh, we hope that more people. Will come to this church. Uh, thank you for uh, your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for planting uh, Hyangdung Presbyterian Church here in the uh, border area of Myanmar and uh, India. Thank you very much, and God bless you many fold for your support, for your prayers, and for helping us start uh, this uh, new church.
1: When I hear what God's doing in India, and I hear what God's doing through Ken, the verse that comes to my mind is Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. We give thanks. (laughs) I'm so thankful. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing. The gospel's running, the gospel is bearing fruit, the gospel is increasing. It's not a technique, it's the gospel. It's Jesus who's on the move. He's been doing this in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. It's all of God's grace. The grace of God is working in His church, and the church is growing and expanding. At Good News Church, we believe that it is so important for all of us to be a part of what God is doing around the world. So let me just update you on some things that happened in 2020. Some good things still happened in 2020. We were able to invest over $300,000 in 2020 to plant 15 churches throughout Greece and Mexico and Brazil and Italy Italy and Belarus and Manipur State, India. In Liberia and Florida, in Kazakhstan, you say, 300,000 dollars. Where did that come from? Well it came from you. And every time you give, we invest, 13 percent of every dollar that's given to Good News Church is invested intentionally to plant churches. We believe in planting churches that can plant churches that can plant churches. And we are looking forward to investing money this year in planting 15 additional churches, investing over $330,000 in planting churches in Algeria and Belarus and Brazil and Chad. Have you heard Chad in the news recently? It ought to make you pray. Pray for Chad. In Colombia, and Ecuador, and Greece, and Hungary, and India, and Ireland, and Mexico, and here in the United States. We're investing resources to plant churches. We plant churches through movement leaders. This is our strategy, to plant churches through movement leaders that are gospel-preaching, faithful to teach the word of God and the grace of God in the gospel that are national-led. We don't send missionaries to India. We don't send missionaries to Chad. We look for national pastors who can be equipped and supported and trained to lead national-led churches that are self-supporting, that we would invest for three years in a church plant and at the end of those three years the expectation our standard is that that church would become self-supporting and that churches that are healthy national-led gospel preaching self-supporting churches will be able to multiply. So many of the churches that we're now investing in are church plants of churches that we planted since 2005 We began planting churches in 2005 with an intentional strategy to plant gospel preaching, national-led, self-supporting, multiplying churches, and since then we've been able to plant 112 new churches in 28 different countries, investing over $3.4 million to plant new churches around the world. Y'all could clap if you wanted to. Here's some, of our, uh, here's some of our movement leaders. Jodas um, in Greece, Edwin in Malta, Ricardo and Leonardo in Brazil, Ken Tombing, who you saw earlier, you didn't see him, but you heard his voice. David Martin in Ireland. This is a new um, uh, partner that we have in Ireland. Leonardo in Italy, Jorge and Andres in Mexico. Have you been praying for them? We ask you to pray this month for Jorge, Dima in Belarus, and Arman in Kazakhstan. These are our movement leaders, and we have a special opportunity for you this week to get to know some of our movement leaders, and I've asked Aaron Bailey to come and help us learn more about this opportunity So, Aaron and Noah Bailey. Noah's been an elder at Good News for many, many years. They've led a small group at Good News pretty much the whole time I've been here. We met for the first time in 2005. They came down to West Palm Beach and spent the weekend with Sue Ellen and I and our family, and then they invited me to come up here. So, if you ever wonder whose fault it is, it's Noah and Aaron's fault. So, hey, thank you so much. Aaron, tell us just a little bit about your involvement with Global Outreach.
3: Um, We have regular meetings every few months or so. My favorite time of the year is when we get together and we get to view the proposals from all the church planners from different parts of the world. Um, It's just really awesome, and it's just so wonderful to be able to discuss with the team what the needs are of these different church planners, what's going on in these countries. It's just really great to be a part of.
1: What do you think is something that Jesus has taught you about himself through your involvement in global outreach?
3: I've learned a lot about Jesus through global outreach. Um, One thing that really stands out is that the gospel transcends cultures, races, um, socioeconomic backgrounds. It's not just our faith is not just a Western faith. It's just really amazing to see um, the word of God go into these different nations and that the culture is able to stay the same. They don't have to dress like we do and sing like we do and worship in this kind of building like we do. It's just it stays the same, yet Jesus has moved in, and that's just Mm -hmm. a really awesome thing to see. Also, I've learned that um, helping plant churches and making decisions is a very weighty responsibility because we can't say yes to everyone, and so that's Mm -hmm. caused a lot of prayer and stuff. Get shaky up here um, <laughs> so yeah i i felt like um i've learned a lot about jesus through global outreach and also just to see like i said we can't say yes to every church plant and see the way that the lord has provided mm-hmm. through funds outside of our budget from special gifts from you guys to always be able to fulfill the ones that we want to even to the dollar which is really mm. crazy so
1: yeah mm-hmm. and um <laughs> what What's happening, you just got me so choked up. (coughs) What's happening this week that people can get involved in?
4: (laughs) You need some water.
3: Mm. Um, This week we have our uh, global outreach conference. Unfortunately, we used to have people come here, our movement leaders, and you can meet them face to face, but because of COVID, now it's on Zoom. Um, So the times are posted behind me. You can also go to goodnewsloves.com and click on the global outreach button. We're going to be interviewing the different movement leaders which is a really awesome opportunity for you guys to learn specifically what's going on in that area you can um, log on and ask questions that you might have like what kind of persecution are they experiencing what are their specific prayer requests how do they see jesus moving in that area Um, do they want you to come visit which the answer is always yes our global outreach partners love to have us visit which noah is going to share you an opportunity that we had a few years ago
4: yeah just real quick um so a couple things also with uh with global outreach we um used to host some of the uh, church planners when they would come in town for our global outreach conference and we really got to know them and they were actually in our house and these people are just they're amazing people um they're contagious in the sense they that they want you to just jump in all everything you have into their into their mission which is planting churches and in other areas, and so it was really cool just to experience that with our family, Um, and then we got to go to uh, Athens, Greece, and also Malta with Travis Stevens. We had an awesome opportunity to get to see um, really faith in action, and um, it was really cool to uh, just be amongst other believers that, like Aaron said, that um, culturally aren't necessarily the same as us, but they love Jesus, and it's just a really cool thing. Um, You know, one day when we get to heaven, we get to see uh, the Lord's family, and uh, you kind of get to see glimpses of that if you get out and um, get to travel and experience some of these other other areas and other believers around the world.
3: So I would say if you're interested in getting more involved in global outreach, log into one of the Zoom sessions this week. Also, um, pray. Praying for our movement leaders and the churches that we're planning is, is a very powerful thing that you can do. Um, give. Noah and I several years ago decided, or made a choice committed to give above our tithe and so we've been able to give special gifts towards global outreach and like I said earlier, um, even though our budget doesn't always allow for us to plant all the churches, the Lord has provided through special gifts from you guys and it's just been really awesome to see and I like to think about one day in heaven when we'll get to meet all these people from all over the world that um, partially because of the money that you faithfully give each week at Good News are there because of that. And I just think that's going to be an awesome way to celebrate an eternity with people that, you know, here we Mm -hmm. will never probably come in contact with. So it's just encouraging to think about that and exciting. So thank you.
1: Amen. (laughs) Okay, now you guys are going to help me um, with a, hey, thanks man. That's awesome. So you guys are going to help me judge a little uh, quiz here. So we'll see how well y'all have been paying attention so far. Now, earlier in the message, I told you when we started beginning to plant churches. So who can, first person to raise your hand and tell me what year we started planting churches. Who, Who was first? 2005. Winner. Good job. Okay, now, here's the next question. Since 2005, How many dollars have been invested in Global Outrage? Sure, he can get a t-shirt if he's right. 3.4 million, he says questioningly. You should be more confident. Because you were right. All right, let's see. There we go. Okay, last question. Since, uh, since 2005, we've invested $3.4 million. How many churches have we been able to start? Who's, who was first? Here? Okay. 112. You are correct. Good job. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Okay. Now, that's all exciting, right? This is really good news. And you say, but, but wait, is there anything for me? Is there anything for me to get involved in? Oh, is there anything for you to get involved in? Jesus Christ invites all of us into the harvest. Let me show you that from God's word. With the time that we have left, turn to Matthew chapter 9. Beginning in verse 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Here's what I want you to learn. There is a place for you. And the reason there's a place for you is because the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. And Jesus says every single one of us can have a place in the harvest. We all have a place. We all have a part to play. And it begins with Jesus. Begins with Jesus. Verse 35, the very first word that I read was Jesus. At Good News, we believe that Jesus is our model for life and ministry. Now, this is very important. I want you to make sure you hear me. When I say that Jesus Christ is Our model for life and ministry. I'm not telling you that Jesus Christ can tell you how to live a life that will earn heaven. Jesus Christ is first and foremost our savior. That means that Jesus Christ has done something for us. Christianity is not a set of rules and regulations by which bad people become good. Christianity Is how bad people can be saved from their sin through the work of a Savior. So Jesus Christ, first and foremost, is our Savior. But Jesus Christ is also our righteousness. He's how we're made acceptable to God and to other people. Not only is Jesus our Savior and our righteousness, and that righteousness is what gives us the confidence to move into the harvest, Jesus Christ is then our model for life and ministry. That when you look at the life of Jesus in the Gospels, Jesus Christ demonstrates a credible, transferable pattern of how to be a disciple, who makes disciples, who can make disciples. How do we work in the harvest? We look to Jesus. And moving into the harvest in Jesus-style disciple-making begins with evangelism. It begins when we win the lost. So we want to see people move into the harvest to win the lost. That was where Jesus began. He began with an invitation to his followers. Come and see. Come and see who I am. Spend time with me, hang out with me, look at my life, look at my miracles and see if you do not see in my life and my miracles a credible evidence that I am the son of God who's come to seek and to save that which was lost. And after he had spent about 18 months with his first disciples, his first followers, if they had, as they had come and seen what he was like, he then issued a second invitation and the second invitation was, follow me follow me. And he said, I want to build into your life. I want to help you become a fisher of men. And so many of us, we commit to following Jesus, but we haven't followed Jesus yet into the harvest. And you can, because Jesus made a promise that if you follow me, I will help you become a fisher of men. That Jesus's plan and priority for the world is that he would send workers out into the harvest. Jesus wants to equip his people through the church to go as workers in the harvest. And when people are one and built and equipped, we begin to see a movement of multiplied disciple makers who can continue this work, winning, building, and equipping, multiplying disciples and multiplying church planters and multiplying churches until the nations are reached. Jesus is our model. He's the one who sends us into the harvest. Verse 35 Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus was moved with compassion. Listen. To be distressed and dispirited means that, that you are experiencing in your life the brokenness that comes in the world through sin. And every single one of us come into this broken, fallen world, and we in our lives are distressed and dispirited, and what we need more than anything is a shepherd in Jesus Christ. When he looks out at the multitudes, he says, I not only see that they need a shepherd, they need me to be their shepherd. And so in John chapter 10, Jesus Christ would show what he, the good shepherd, would do for his distressed and dispirited sheep. I'm the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Oh, if you're distressed, if you're dispirited, If you're experiencing the brokenness of this fallen world, Jesus Christ is the answer. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. Jesus Christ doesn't want to come into your life and help you fix it. Jesus Christ wants to be the fix. He's the solution. His grace is sufficient for you. How can you tell? Look what he did. He didn't come as an inspired rabbi. He didn't come as someone to cheer you on while you try to fix your life. No, Jesus Christ came to lay down his life for the sheep. Jesus Christ gave himself on the cross. The lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, he became our substitute. And on the cross, he paid the full and awful penalty that our sins deserved so that we could be forgiven? Would you like to come go to bed tonight knowing that your sins are forgiven? So that we could be forgiven and have a record of righteousness in which to stand before God without fear, without shame, without guilt. He's offering you forgiveness and righteousness right now. Have you received it? If you'd like to receive this free gift of eternal life, you can do it right where you're seated or come up after the service. I would love to talk to you about how to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But that's just the start because the Christian life begins when we are one to faith in Christ. But it doesn't end there because Jesus's desire is in verse 37. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So what's the harvest? The harvest is people. Because there's only two things that are forever. God's word is forever and people are forever. And the job of the worker, the job of the worker is to take God's word and to bring it to people so that the forever truth of the gospel can come into people's lives and their lives in the midst of their dispiritedness, in the midst of their their sadness, in the midst of the brokenness, Jesus Christ can come as the good shepherd. The harvest is people. Jesus showed us that. Jesus looked out on people and he said, the fields are white for harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, that they are white for harvest. The harvest is people, and the harvest is plentiful. We've told you the story before, but it's worth telling again. A man went to Africa is a shoe salesman. He got off the boat. He had all of his inventory of shoes. He looked around at all the people in Africa with all of his inventory of shoes. He looked at their feet. He saw that they were all barefoot. He sent a message back. Bring me home. No one wears shoes. Another salesman was sent to Africa with all of his inventory. He got off the boat with his inventory. He looked around at all the people and nobody wore shoes. He said, Send more shoes. No one wears shoes. Listen to this. There are more unbelieving people in the world today than there has ever been before. The harvest is plentiful. Send more workers. Send more laborers. Think about your neighborhood. Think about all the people in your neighborhood. The people that you live next door to. The people that live across the street. Think about that lonely man that you see every day as you're driving into your neighborhood the widower or the widow. Think about the harvest where you live, it's plentiful. Think about all the homes that are being built all over this community. The harvest is plentiful where we live. Think about where you work. Do you think about all your coworkers and say, "Gosh, I sure am glad I'm so smart. I found my way into a church." Or do you say, "Oh." God has put me in this place. God has put me in this business to work for the Lord. The harvest is plentiful where I work. Think about where you play. Your teams, your gyms, your schools. Think about all the hundreds and thousands of people. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. So what do we do? Well, our action step is this week is to pray. And I want you this week, every day, I want you to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field with this caveat, expect to be the answer to your own prayer. Expect to be the answer to your own prayer. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest field and expect to be the answer to your own prayer. Listen, look in verse 38. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. There's an important word in this passage. And as I studied it this week, I realized that that so many times I'm looking for the best. I'm looking for the brightest. And I'm thinking, God, if you would just make me one of those really successful pastors. But you know the path into the harvest isn't a high gate, it's a low gate. It says, beseech the Lord of the harvest. Beg, plead, take the low gate, take the low place. In order to move into the harvest, not only do we have to believe the gospel, we have to become the gospel. We have to take the sinner's place. We have to take the low place. Oh, Jesus isn't looking for a bunch of superstars to build the kingdom Jesus is looking for humble people who are willing to ask him. The Lord's work done in the Lord's way comes to humble people who are willing to ask him for the grace of the Holy Spirit, for the help of the Holy Spirit to be sent into the harvest. Oh, listen, enter into the harvest But go through the low gate, the humble gate. Anyone can enter the harvest there. It's open to all of us. Don't enter through the high gate, the superstar gate. No, no. Enter through the low gate. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field and expect to be the answer to your own prayer. One more invitation and then we'll be done and the seat backs in front of you, there's a connecting card. And if anything I've said this morning about the model of Jesus, if anything I've said this morning about the invitation into the harvest, if anything I've said this morning has has made your heart say, yes, I want to move into the harvest. I'm ready to take the low gate into the harvest. Would you take a connecting card and would you write on your card your name? And would you mark, I want to have lunch with the pastor. And I would love the privilege of sharing with you God's plan for the harvest in northeast St. John's County. I would love the privilege of inviting you to join in the harvest. Mark it on your card. And as you leave this morning, put it in one of the boxes in the back of the auditorium. Oh, dear people, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Beseech you, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest field. Let's do that now as we close. Jesus, you're the Lord of the harvest. You're the good shepherd. You've laid down your life for your sheep. We give you thanks. Listen, if you're here this morning, you're watching online, and, and you've never received the gift of eternal life, but you're ready now to turn from your sin and trust in Christ alone as he's been offered to you in the gospel, won't you do that now? Won't you say to him, Jesus, I admit I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. I turn away from all that sin, and i and I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and rose again for my salvation. Jesus, come into my life as Savior and Lord. Help me become the person you want me to be. Holy Spirit, would you be at work now in the midst of every person sitting here and those watching online? Holy Spirit, Would you speak to each person here about their place in the harvest? Would you speak now, Holy Spirit? Father, would you be praised as we give thanks to you for the multiplying of the gospel around the world. For a hundred churches and so many more to come. Lord, we pray, help us to stay faithful. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.